0: I'm not sure if there's an ultimate meaning to life, but I do know that if there is, the fact that you're hearing this means that you have an important part to play. If there is no meaning, then I can't believe how lucky you are to be able to create one. Dust yourself off and get to it. Hello, hello, hello. Yelling at Birds, Episode 7. I hope you're all doing well. Mmm. I wish I could just play that whole song. It is Tuesday, May 28th, about one in the afternoon. I hope you all had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. We're honoring those that have fallen. There's really nothing we can do to repay that sacrifice other than take a day off to thank them for that sacrifice. But I hope you had an, enjoyed your weekend, you were able to get out, spend time with family, spend time in nature. I did. Went out looking for some morel mushrooms and had some success, it was great. And now, we're getting back into it. I have a stressful week coming up, but that is neither here nor there. Um, One thing I've been trying to do lately is create. So I've gotten some, a few words put together, uh, looking to collaborate with some local artists around the area, and it's been stressful, it's been, there's a lot of self-judgment going on, you know, wondering if, um, because I'm asking for someone's time and their attention, like I'm doing right now, and that's stressful, because is it worth it? Is Am I just wasting their time? Am I wasting your time? I hope not. Um, But I suppose that if I'm wasting your time, that's kind of your fault because you made the choice to listen. (laughs) So uh, that's kind of on you, buddy. I don't know what to say. But in any case, if you're here listening, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I hope that you can get something out of it. And while I'm rambling on, there's probably going to be a few tangents in this one. Uh, talking about judgment, self-judgment. I think last week we talked about... Um, holy hell, what did we talk about last week? Uh, not about judgment, about introspection, looking at yourself. Uh, so I, goes, I guess that is self-judgment, but more, more, more to the tune of self-awareness. And this week we're going to talk more, I'm going to try to talk more about self-judgment and kind of judging others, and I'll try to stay on topic. I know that's very difficult for me because the traffic's kind of whizzing outside. I'm recording this on my cell phone, sitting in my living room, looking at my computer screen, thinking about some smooth, smooth rock. But what's new? That's always going on. One quote I like Um, this is kind of about fitting in, not fitting in, just kind of playing your part. Shakespeare said, or one of the famous Shakespeare quotes, who knows if he actually said it, I don't know. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and they have their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. Now, I don't know enough about Shakespeare. I'm not a historical buff by any means, um, so I don't know what those seven ages are. But basically, uh, we all have our parts to play in this whole thing: the the thing being life. Now our, our parts change over time, and those parts seem to change more frequently every day. It's kind of what I've been noticing lately. So more rare is the lifer. The person that ends their career at the same job, the 30, 40 years at the same place, uh, in the same city, um, or even the same family, seems to be more and more rare. Now, reasons may vary. I don't know how this does, what this has to do with self-judgment. Anyway, continuing. Reason, reasons for this, it, may, it might vary, and opinions can differ on whether it's positive or negative, but I guess that just depends on the reasoning and the perspective for the work for the work part of it one reason may be that you know companies seem not to be around for the lifetime of one's employment anymore as the internet has increased our exposure to more opportunities and more knowledge of what else is out there the grow the grow adapt or die business model of capitalism has increased the speed in which the sinkers and swimmers may be determined so you have to do right by your customers you have to do right by your workers and if you're not there's just so much opportunity out there for everybody to either find a new job or be aware of a new job that's better better fitting for them or where they feel like they would be more supported or to create that job themselves. So if a company is, you know, no longer supporting you in your growth, you know, it seems like and some people might jump the ship a little too early. They don't really try to change the culture um, because that's hard. And uh, with this Because with this increased speed, there's an increased expectation of speed in service and growth in our lives. If one feels like they aren't propelling fast enough in the career they've chosen, the ability to see more opportunity out in the wild may lead them to jump ship a little faster than they may may have in the past. Due to, you know, LinkedIn, all the employment sites, all of Facebook, everything, you know, because we have this great wealth of information and speed of information, you know, we can see what's out there rather than, you know, feeling like your only opportunity is the business down the road that employs 80%, 80% of the town. The positive in this is that we shouldn't sell, settle for less than. So, yeah, I mean, there's different ways to look at this, but the positive is now that you can see that opportunity, you don't have to settle for a job that you really can't grow in, our society is set up in a way that if you don't have the ability if you don't have the ability to produce your own uh, food, water, shelter, clothing, then you all you have to do is trade your time for money in order to purchase these resources. And due to our exposure to all the information available, this it no longer means that you have to settle for what opportunities are presented to you in your immediate area while you may not be willing or able to create your own opportunities to acquire money. Uh, you can at least shop around for the best fit for yourself and not have to be stuck in a you know a quote unquote well, at least I don't hate my job or at least it's not that bad scenario with an increased ability to see and meet other people. Uh, the same can be said for relationships and other traditional structures that has been changed as our access to information has increased. And obviously the, there are glaring negatives to this too. You know, it's, we feel that nobody stays in committed relationships anymore. Nobody stays married anymore. But I think the divorce rate was still pretty high pre-Facebook and social media. Uh, the negative, you know, there's a negative. It may be that we continue to feel unsettled and always just that one thing away from happiness, while the simple pleasures or the simple answer may have been to be happy with less in the first place. It's difficult in this day and age to feel truly happy when we're always aware of more out there. I mean, the grass is always greener. But we may not, We might not be as complex of a species as we think ourselves to be we might not be as complex of a species as we think ourselves to be. Access to worlds of information has made us more aware of what's out there, but it has also increased our cravings for everything else that's out there and stunted our satisfaction with what's right here and right now. This balancing act um, we're asked to to take part in as time goes by and... Uh, it's it, it it. Sorry, it is a balancing act, um, and there there could be a lot of reasons for that. We could blame the internet over sat- saturation of people. We could decry a breakdown in our values and the advance advance of science over religion. We could also blame the demands of capitalism and advertising, but I think all of these things would be coming from an unwillingness to look at ourselves, deep within ourselves. All of these changes and advancements are only a mirror into our ever-changing ever, tra- ever changing souls or in our ever-changing demands on life. None of these changes would be taking place if uh, we hadn't already been asking for them. I mean, there are discoveries. There are some things that you didn't know you wanted but until you saw it or understood that it existed. But, you know, speed of information, speed of everything, these are things that You know, we get to a certain point and we want to do better. We want more. And maybe that's bad, but that's kind of what's been driving growth. And a lot of the changes have changed us, at least on the surface, for the better. I mean, for the most part, um, we're no longer burning women for being witches. That's kind of a good change, I would say. Um... Traditional, I mean, religion isn't burning women for supposed witchcraft. And traditional values aren't calling for separate but equal accommodations for those, those with a different skin tone. While, I mean, some people may still have those internal thoughts and feelings, and we definitely have a long, long way to go, it's no longer part of public policy. That was a weird tangent. So, I mean... The speed of information, it brings you more awareness to what exists in the world. And the more familiar you are with things, the less it is to kind of have those feelings of hate. And the, the more we kind of blend together, it allows the world to truly kind of become that melting pot as information and influences from around the world become more available to us. If you tear us down to the very base of what we need to survive, I mean, we're talking about a handful of things. Food, water, shelter, sleep, procreation. Which, we really only need procreation as a species for our species to continue, so you as as an individual wouldn't really suffer an early death by not taking part. Uh, So maybe that can be taken off the list. But how much energy and time do you do acquiring these needs compared to all the other wants in our lives? How much happiness happiness weight do we give to having enough food to eat versus having the latest and greatest of something? How much worry do we hand over to the how we provide for ourselves versus the fact that we actually are providing for ourselves? I mean, I feel like I might be going on a hypocritical tangent here, especially after the not settling talk, but... It's about intention and perspective. As a let's say a normal day, as I walk through my life, you might I might come across some very young and successful people, right before I see a man in his 16, 60s working a minimum minimum wage job in the same business. Now the former, to the former, the latter may seem like a failure, but the latter might may have everything in life they need to feel happy, and the former may look to them like a prisoner to money and stature, at such a young age. When we think of these two people, our only frame of reference is, as to how they make us feel is how we feel about our own successes and failures. If we've spent enough time in the gutter, the seemingly menial, menial job and pay may feel like a luxury. Being Having the ability to provide for yourself, no matter how it happens, to some people is an incredible opportunity. It uh, kind of reminds me of a uh, about the chase for money. I mean, it kind of reminds me of a Jim Carrey quote, where he says, um, "He said he he says I seen him." Um, but Jim Carrey' uh, his quote is, "I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of, so they can see that it's not the answer." And I can feel that because at this moment, I might be the happiest I've ever been. Oddly enough, I may be the most stressed out I've ever been, but I may be the happiest. I mean, I might have the least amount of money I've ever had, uh, the fewest toys, and the quote-unquote toys. And I'm on the verge of enjoying probably the least amount of freedom that I'll have for a little bit. But for some reason, I'm at the most at I'm the most at peace that I've ever been. I feel. I don't know. I'm going to butcher this. Nietzsche? Yeah. I feel closest to the third stage of Nietzsche's three metamorphoses of spiritual transformation. It's basically the camel, the lion, the child. I think I've been the camel for a long time and the lion for a little bit now. But I feel the closest to the child. Um, And this is when... So when the lion becomes a child, when Life is no longer a reactive struggle to defeat other forces. Life is a celebration of one's powers, a sustained act of pure affirmation. The childlike spirit knows the joy of life and the innocence of perpetual creation. Why I feel the most at peace and optimistic is because I truly feel less of the weight from the demands of society and more joy and freedom of the belief that this life is ours to create, not in spite of societal pressures, but in tandem with them. I say not in spite because I still enjoy the advances and securities of the, of the society we created. I mean, I admit, I imagine like a futuristic world of... Uh, maybe not Blade Runner, maybe that's a little... Not, you know, Blade Runner. I mean, a futuristic world where more is right there for us. Um, so... I definitely live with societal pressures with everyone else, but um, I feel that alongside that is the power to create whatever you want, whatever life you want. Um, Because I still enjoy the advances and securities of society, I'm not out to completely destroy it all. I just feel that we could do much better and knowing and know that there's nothing stopping me from starting starting to do better with myself. That's what I hope for all of you as you continue on your path from beginning to end is you don't have to, I mean, not judging yourself so much. I mean, obviously, the person you should be judging yourself against is yourself, yourself in the past, what you've learned or not learned. Um, Are you doing better? Are you growing as as you move along this path? And I think that's very important. But if you are, if you lose a job and now you're having to accept a, you know, maybe less prestigious job to make ends meet, you're still making ends meet. And that has nothing to do with your spiritual journey or your growth or development in life. Our jobs aren't us. I mean, you aren't your khakis, as Dur- Mr. Durden would say. And as we go through life, you know, reaching—you can't, you don't really bring prestige to the grave. I mean, you might you might be able to get a better headstone, or uh <laughs> might have a more intricately designed headstone, or giant funeral. But when when you're gone, you're gone. And you can't. You can take nothing with you. But that's what I hope is knowing that. You are in complete control of uh, I mean not com- while you're living within society within society, uh, you are in complete control as you go along, in control of what you are, your growth and your development, complete control of uh, how you judge yourself and see yourself complete control of what you see as important and not important as you move along in life. As long as you hold that in and hold that and, you know, focus on what's important to you as opposed to judging yourself according to what others see as important, the opportunity to feel free and happy and have a little less stress or unnecessary stress uh becomes much more attainable. It's right there. So I wish you the best. And I have a little passage in closing after a brief word from myself. I lied. We're not going to do a brief word for me about using this app to record podcasts, even though it's fantastic, super easy, and free, so maybe I did lie again twice—double lie. I figured instead, instead while traffic whizzes outside, and you can probably hear it, occasionally a bike will, a motorcycle will rev through the streets. I've already had to re-record this twice, um, but I'm just gonna push through. I'm gonna share something. Something very personal, personal to me. Uh, Some of my friends and family already are aware of the situation, but some are not, and that's fine. Any questions, I'm an open book, you can always ask me. But something that's interesting to me is synchronicity, when things kind of seem to line up. And it tends to happen quite often for me, maybe enough to where It seems like there isn't really any extra meaning to it, but whenever it happens, it's always just cool. And I don't, I may not believe in some greater purpose or some universally aligned fate, but when things happen that seem to be coinciding with each other, I think it's super interesting. Uh, Last night, it was 8:30 p.m., May 27th, 2019. And 3 p.m. today, I'm scheduled for a sentencing hearing for my latest but final alcohol offense. It was 8.30, and I happened to want something sweet, so I thought, and I, of course, wasn't prepared. I'm not a good snacker, but I always want snacks. I wanted something sweet, so I thought ice cream. So, just on a whim, the final night of having my full driving privileges before... They'll be taken away for a little bit. I I said, why not? I have my car. Let's use it. So I got in my car and drove to Quick Trip. Since earlier I had unplugged my phone from the auxiliary jack, I had the radio playing, and I thought I had classic rock playing, but it was on NPR. And on NPR, there was an interview with Elton John. And in that interview, I happened to turn it on at the exact moment he was explaining his how he feels after his 25-plus years of sobriety, after a 16-year serious episode of addiction to drugs and alcohol. It seemed just extremely fortuitous for me to just happen upon that portion of the interview, right on that time, on the eve of my closing the book on my final chapter of me trying to control and quiet my addiction instead of giving in and giving up to the fact that it was nothing for me or any other human being to just control. It was the night, you know, I I had to give up trying to control it and to control my alcohol use and accept the fact that I had to sever the activity completely from my life. After that interview, I bought my ice cream, went home, enjoyed it, and I slept a good I slept like a baby, and I know that there will be more and I say giving up my control because now for eight, nine months, I've been completely sober, and I know that there I know that there are gonna be more challenges in the road ahead, and uh, due to the fact that life is life, it won't constantly lay an easy path ahead of you. But in that moment, I felt ready for all of them. This is the time that I finally welcomed friends and family and dear loved ones into my world of struggles. They accepted me still. And I was, for probably the first time in over a decade, I was at peace. And that was part of why I started doing these episodes is because I'd kind of given up on something that I felt like i i give i've given up trying to control something that I felt like I could if I did a little better if i uh, stopped myself at two or three drinks went home if I just kind of kept that in mind kept myself safe but after man nearly a decade of being able to do that, you know, I, I ran into more problems, and I kind of had come to the conclusion that it's nothing I can control anymore. So I just had to give it up completely. Absolutely out of my life. And every once in a while, I will have kind of these visions of me at sixty, seven years old and finally having a drink again, but uh, they're just fleeting visions. And I know that... Whenever I am in these last nine months, I should say, if I feel nervous, I really feel nervous, and if I feel saddened by something happening in the world or in my life, I truly really feel that feeling, but on the flip side, when I feel happy or joy, excitement, I really feel that excitement all the way through through to the end. Instead of feeling a little bit, celebrating with a drink, and then that turns to I don't know ten drinks, and until I don't feel anything anymore, and I can't remember why I was celebrating, or what I was upset about and trying to forget. So now, I now I completely feel, and I used alcohol to dull those feelings every once in a while, because it was too much. But now, but since then, I've kind of had to channel those feelings into other things, into things that I wanted to do, like. Uh, express myself to people, uh, work on projects where I can spread you know my ideas and my words to other people, or not just not spread them but just lay them out there on the table and if they help, they help if they don't, it's my way of relieving myself of certain feelings. So again, in closing, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being a part of this. I want to thank you for listening. And know that I'm here to listen as well. As much as I can. Obviously it's not unending. You have to know when you can't be available for other people. Just as just like when you have to know when you were being too much of a burden on another. But I want to thank you. I will close this out. Well I already did. Fuck it. I already closed it out. Thank you very much. I'm going to have a little bit of quiet time before I head in and we will talk again.